friends, it's Monique Scripp, and you are listening to the Fierce Identity Podcast. I'm a business leadership coach, and I come alongside women in business, specifically helping them overcome their roadblocks so that they can make an impact and an income. We do one-on-one coaching, group coaching, or you can be part of our Elevate coaching community. Sit back and enjoy our honest conversation. Hello, hello. Okay, so thank you so much for listening to this episode. We're talking about trials and challenges and things like that. So I am here today with Angelise, and Angelise and I are both moms, and currently in this present moment, we are recording from, um, she is in Virginia, I am in Memphis. She has her kids in the background. I am in a coffee shop because our Wi-Fi was out. And so we just decided we're going to be real and say, this is mom life. So Angelise, welcome to the podcast. I am so glad that you're on. Let's say no, no makeup, no filters. <laughs> this is us. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I, I think that most people can relate. You just, by the time we've hit 2020, I mean, this is what this is all about is like 2020. By the time we've hit 2020, we should realize we just go with the flow. I mean, my husband's done congressional Zoom meetings with my daughter, like hitting him with a blow up monkey over the head. Oh, man. And he's like, hello, Senator. (laughs) (laughs) That is too funny. Okay, so Angelise, tell us a little bit about you. So for the people who don't know you, um, you, your family, what you do, tell us just um, background about who you are. Yeah, so um, thanks for having me, Monique. I I love you and all that you do. You've been so instrumental in my life. Um, I am a mom of two with a third one on the way any day. He's due November 10th. I think he's coming next Tuesday. We'll see. Um, And I have a five and a half year old little girl who just started kindergarten this year and a uh, four year old son um, who's been walking a really interesting health journey. And then my husband and I have been married nine, nine and a half years now. So originally from Hawaii, uh, been in the Virginia DC area for like the last 15 years. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. So mom of two with one on the way, what do you feel like, just thinking about mom life, what do you feel like you love about your role as a mom? I really like that you asked this question because I don't think we as moms think about this question a lot. We just kind of are in like the moment. And so I actually have to think about this one a little bit. Uh, just today, my son, right before we got on the interview, he actually wanted to interrupt the interview because he wanted me to work on letters with him. And I was realizing I just love watching them grow and learn. And like, they're like little sponges and what we're watching little human beings develop. And so watching them, whether it's learning letters or my daughter, we do um, narration. She does a Charlotte Mason education with her kindergarten just like watching like how they're learning about the world and starting to shape a worldview and, you know, have interesting questions. I think that's the most fun is just watching them develop as human beings, these unique people who have never existed before, you know? Yes, absolutely. I think that that is, um, I think that's huge. And sometimes when we're so quick to move on to the next thing, we don't stop and observe. Like it's easy to miss those kinds of things when we are running around doing tasks instead of stopping and saying, you know what, I'm just going to love and appreciate where my child is and the things that they're doing and enjoying. 
So, so I know that there are times when we look at things, we're like, I love the season of life. I love everything that's going on. I love being a mom. And then we have times where there are just challenging seasons, like hard seasons of life. And I think some of us just walk through even harder paths sometimes. And Angelise, one of the things that I have loved about you as a friend, and I know that we are friends from afar because we're halfway across the country from each other, but I, I follow you. I we stay connected. And one of the things that I personally have been encouraged by is I have just watched you walk through a journey with such grace and such faith that it has been an encouragement to me. And so I just would love to hear, just tell us a little bit more about this season of your life and the challenges that have been going on in this season. Yeah, absolutely. You're so sweet to, um, to, to say that because I definitely I don't feel all those things you say. So I'm like, well, I'm glad that God is doing something in other people's lives. Um, my son was diagnosed in 2018 with a neuroblastoma, and we've kind of been in a two-year journey of walking through being cured and then re-diagnosed and then taking it out via surgery and then being re-diagnosed. February of this year, he got re-diagnosed, uh, and it was elevated to stage four. Um, so the last nine months in the midst of the coronavirus and everything going on, it, we've been walking through this cancer journey, with, which is much more intense than the first two diagnoses. So everything from um, high, high dosage chemotherapy to radiation to now we're doing immunotherapy up at Sloan Kettering in New York. And I got pregnant, it turns out, the week he got <laughs> diagnosed. So it's been a very interesting year for us. But I was telling my husband as I look back, and it's funny that you mentioned the whole thing about faith, that when you look back now, people ask me these questions. I'm like, wow, that it does sound really intense. But when you're in the middle of it, it just feels like sort of like it's been a gift because I've seen God do things that I've been asking him to do in my marriage and in myself for so many years. And I'm seeing him do it sort of in this crucible. So I'm like, okay, I guess this is the way he's answering my prayers. It's just yeah. in the way I thought. Yeah. And, you know, I was talking to a friend recently um, and the conversation that we were having was that sometimes the things that we want change or the things that we want to grow in, they only happen in suffering. Like it's only through that suffering that we're kind of in this place where the only thing we have to rely on is God and the only thing that we can um, turn to and the kind of person that he grows us into becoming happens through those times. So you would agree that that's that's what you've seen in your own life. Yes. I, one thing, because I feel like I've always been around the theology of suffering. And sometimes I'm like, guys, let's not worship the suffering though. I'm like real big on that. Because I think sometimes that we lose, he uses suffering in our lives. But the reason why it's so impactful is you, you look at the scripture that says that Christ went to the cross for the joy that was set before him. He wasn't focusing on the cross. He was focusing on the joy that was set before him that he had to go through the cross to get to. And so I always try to remind myself and my, my friends, like the suffering is just a tool that he walks us through, but the hope that we have in him is what helps get us through and what shapes us in the process. Cause I think, I think if I just focused on the suffering, I would feel overwhelmed and just think, you know, I can't keep going, but because I know that he's a good God and he's with me, it, it gives you a different perspective to what you're walking through. So it's, it's like, this is hard, but God is good and he's with me in this. 
though. Yes, yes. And I feel like the hope of what can become. It's like you're not clinging to the diagnosis you have right in front of you or how Chase is feeling that day or things like that. It's like you're not focused on those things. You're focused on the hope yes. of what, what can become. So another thing that I've kind of observed um, as you've walked through this journey is, and we haven't talked about this, but I've just kind of seen this. So I wanted to ask you is um, I have seen you fight for him. I have seen you be an advocate for him. Um, and I don't want to get into medical stuff um, and opinions on that's not what I'm trying to get at, but I have seen you be an advocate for him. And I, I love that because I think so often, um, as moms, like there are things, whether it's like with our kids' education, with our kids' health, um, that we just take like other people's opinions and go with it instead of like trusting that maternal intuition that says, you know what, I'm going to fight for something more than what my child is being given. So can you speak to that? So the specific question is, I've seen you be an advocate for Chase. Um, can you speak to that? Well, I, I want to honor my mom in this. I think something she's taught me is she's always been okay asking questions outside of the box and like not going with the flow. So I think that's where I kind of got that example from is that, oh, you don't have to just go with what people hand to you. You can ask hard questions and you can say, I'm going to do it a different way. Like I was homeschooled back when no one was homeschooling and I'm grateful for that. Um, so I think that's, that's a, that's a part of where that perspective comes from. But I think it's really important to trust our intuition, our gut, or, you know, I think even the Holy Spirit speaking to us because many times people will say one thing and then you'll find out later on, like, for example, when my son, I noticed the uh, growth on his neck uh, back in 2018, our pediatrician, they did all these blood tests and they're like, well, everything's coming back normal. He's fine. And I'm very naturally minded. And I was like, I, I, I feel like something's off. And so my husband was like, okay, something's weird that you keep pressing and wanting to go visit more doctors um, to figure out what's going on. And I'm, I'm glad that I did because we were able to catch this thing earlier than if it had, you know, continued to grow in his body because we saw this growth on his neck. So I, I think, you know, you, it's, it's a fine line. You have to know your own weaknesses because I think some of us have a tendency to, to be overly fearful. We want to test everything too. I know my tendency is to want to take it in my own hands and think that I've got this and I don't need help. Um, so for me, this journey has been learning to lean not on my own, you know, wisdom and intuition, um, but trust God as I've sensed something was off with, with, with our son. And so I'm, I'm glad I've advocated for him. Um, the way we have, and a, a lot of times to this journey, I mean, I think you have so many stories right now, so I'm trying to, to focus in, but a lot of times on this journey too is just seeing God work through um, situations. And uh, I, I tell the story often about last fall when he was supposed to, uh, when he got re-diagnosed and the doctors all wanted to take him through chemotherapy again. And I was like, we've already done this. And I really sense that the Lord wanted to do something different. Um, this time and that he was going to cut it out via surgery, which I knew was an option. The doctor said we can do it, but was not what was re um, recommended by the oncologist. And we went to multiple ones, but I really felt like the Holy Spirit said, this is what I'm doing. I'm doing something new. Um, and I had to kind of trust and wait and ask God to, 
change people's minds because my husband wanted to do whatever the doctor said. And so I had to just let God do um, what he wanted to do with that. Real life here. She drew a picture of a pirate ship. Uh, so uh, for, for those of you on the, on the audio, um, Anjalise's sweet daughter just came up and, and handed her a drawing. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, just, yeah, a part of the journey is just like letting God fight for me also and let him guide what's going on, not just what I think is going on. So. You know what? I'm sitting here talking. <laughs> I had myself muted. I'm like sitting here talking and talking. Okay. Sorry for the silence, y'all. Okay. So what I was saying was that, you know, even though like I was asking, how have you been an advocate and how have you fought for him? The real reality is like God has fought for you, you know, and he's been the one. So how have you seen him? Do you have examples of stories or anything like that of like, how have you seen him intervene and him come and fight for you in that way? Yeah. Hey, Adrian, let me go get the iPad. We'll talk about that later. Get the iPad and finish this show, okay? I'm sorry, Monique. <laughs> we have them. Hey, we're all good. <laughs> Real life we're today. All, we're all good here. Um, how have I seen God fight for us? You know, I have, because I'm such an advocate, my tendency is to... Like they're like, I don't know what is going on right now. They're like, well, mommy, right now. Um, We're just going with the flow. We've got kids in the background. We've I got know. music at the coffee shop. We are literally just going with the flow. And I'm just so glad um, that you're here sharing your story. So go ahead. Um, because I am such an advocate for my son and because my tendency is to, I also, Washington, D.C., I've worked in Washington, D.C. for seven years. Like when you want something to happen, you make it happen. Like that's the DC mentality. And so having God fight for me, kind of my journey through all of this has been learning kind of to surrender to God fighting for me. Exodus 14, 14, you need only to be still, God will fight for you. Um, and so, so many times I've wanted to convince doctors of things that I was convicted of or um, fight back on how many COVID swabs he's had to have. Every time he goes into the hospital, he has to get swabbed again. He's four, you know, he's had like 20, 30 swabs. It's pretty hard on his little body. Oh man, that is like heartbreaking. Oh. Yeah. And so knowing like, Lord, when do I fight? But also a part of this journey is, you know, I've been praying for my marriage for a long time and you know some of this because of some of the coaching you've done with us. And I've seen God unite my husband and I in our different perspectives on health, our different perspectives on he's more a go with the flow. Let's not rock the boat. Like let's have peace kind of guy. And I'm more like you fight until you make it right kind of person. And I've watched the two of us, like he's become more of a fighter and I've become more of a truster through this process. And we've kind of, we've learned to trust one another's intuition. So like when we went up to New York and I felt like, you know, my son does not need to be swabbed again. This is kind of ridiculous. We live sort of in this very, we're very careful uh, with who he's around and what he does because, you know, he's been a cancer patient for so long. Um, and my husband was like, no, we need to like fight the policy on this. We need to figure out 
a different way of testing these kids so that they're not having to keep going through this kind of evasive nose test like maybe we can do like a saliva test and it was really really amazing to watch like my husband who usually who usually is like do whatever they say to say let's advocate for our son and me to be like oh okay like it's been really cool to watch how both of us have grown through this so part of letting god fight for me is letting him do what he needs to do in me and my husband and our family in this time I love that. I absolutely love that. And it just like gives me chills just thinking about because I know both of y'all and just thinking about that and just thinking about how that dynamic has shifted a little bit and kind of um, kind of how it has um, just allowed both of you to grow in those areas. I feel like that's huge. So, so as someone who is has two children one as a cancer patient, one on the way. Um, how do you practice self-care? Because I think a lot of times when you're a caregiver, it's not even a thought. Like the self-care isn't even a thought because you're such, like you're so busy fighting for um, other people and spending time taking care of other people. So how do you practice self-care? So I'm one of those people who has always, I know there's a couple people in the same camp as me. I've always had trouble with the whole self-care label because it feels selfish to me. And I know there's whole conversation on podcasts on this and I don't want to use it as an excuse to do what's comforting to me, comfortable to me first. Cause a part of the motherhood journey is laying down your life and serving your family. Um, but then there's also, you can serve your family. You can live on that end of the spectrum to where you kind of fall apart. And so for me, I like to use kind of the terms rest, uh, finding times for rest, time, finding healthy rhythms in our life. Uh, this is a little bit of a crazy season. I usually have a pretty good rhythm. Right now it's like, you don't know when the baby's coming. We don't know when a doctor's gonna call for a scan or you know something we have to do. So it's been harder to create those rhythms. But I find it's really important. I am. I am more intellectually stimulated. And so finding time to read a book, uh, finding time to just kind of be still in the Lord's presence, um, finding time to worship. And for me, learning to have boundaries and learning what to say no to, because I like to say yes to everything, um, has been really important for personally for my self-care because of my personality trait is just creating a place where I can be still and I'm not doing all the things and I can focus on things that... Um, that focus on the things of God, things that, you know, bring life. So part of my, I guess, self-care, you could say, is creating space where it's, I'm focusing on him and what he's doing and getting a perspective um, switch outside of my circumstances and the, you know, kind of a bit, the bigger picture of what he's doing. I love that. I love that because I think that rest is self-care. Like, I think that that is a way that we do that and reading and just recharging and, um, you know, realizing that we don't have to take, like, we can find our rest in him. And so we don't have to recharge ourselves. Like we find that in him. And I think it sounds like that was, um, that was what you were saying. So, so anything else that is on your mind or anything else, if someone were to say, like, what have you learned through this season of life or these times of trials? What have you taken from it? What would be your thoughts on that? I think, I think the biggest thing I've learned is like, I'm not in control. You know, I know you've backed away a little bit from the Enneagram, but 
Enneagram has been such a tool to help me understand my personality. Like I'm a type one and I want to get things done and I want to do it in my own control and strength. And so knowing that that's my tendency, um, I think what I've learned is that I don't always have to be in control. I don't always have to be um, making everything happen. Like he is actually a good father who looks after us the same way we look after our kids. We want the best for our kids. Like he's doing that for us. And so even in the places where I make mistakes or I make the wrong choices or it's not perfect because I tend to lean towards perfectionism, um, like his, he has grace for those areas. So yes, learn. Yes, I love that. And I think too, with the perfectionism, um, I think when we are a perfectionist, there's the all or nothing mindset, like the all or nothing mentality in doing things. And so when we can realize like, hey, I'm going to show up, even if it's not 100%, I'm still going to show up. And that's what I need to do instead of striving for the perfection. I think the perfectionism um, for so long was what people were after. And then I think now people are realizing, oh, you know what? Just showing up and doing what I can is what I'm here to do. Like, that's what I am here to do. And it gives us that grace um, to kind of say, okay, I don't have to be going full speed all the time. Like, I can just do what I'm able to do. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, okay, well, I wanted to just ask, so everyone who's been doing this series, I've got two questions that I wanted to ask you. So tell me your thoughts on this. Um, first of all, tell me a good book that you have read or something you're reading, something that you would recommend. Tell us something that people can go, with, go away with that they can read. So, okay, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to say two. One, I just finished Leap Over a Wall, which Bridget Litcherwood of Hillsong recommended, and it was amazing because it gave me a perspective on David's life, which actually- So say the, say the title again. It's called Leap Over a Wall. It's about- Leap Over a Wall. It's about basically David's life, and it gives you a perspective into the different chapters of his life that made him this man after God's heart. And it actually leads into kind of my plug for my book, which I mentioned to you, I started in 2019 writing as kind of a way of writing through like things that were going in my marriage and things that were happening with Chase's health. And it helped me like process what was happening. And um, it actually ties into the leap over a wall book because I've, I write a lot about David in the book and just what I learned about what God does in these times of pruning and refinement um, and how it prepares us for the things he has for us. And if we don't go through those seasons, um, like David had to go through that whole season in the desert, then we're not prepared for the kingship and all these things that we know about his life. And so a lot of the book, my book that's coming out in the spring is about, is about what God has kind of taught me in this season of molding um, and this really hard season in both my marriage and my son's health and how I've actually seen him he's working in it. Like this is a part yes. of what he's doing in my life. It's not an accident that this happened. So. Yes. Oh man. Okay. So if somebody wants to get your book, how can they get in contact with you? Well, I have to get it all edited first. So um, we are, we are getting ready to hopefully launch it in the spring. My, my editors are working on it right now. Um, they can go to my website, which is holistic Ola 
um.com holistic with a w for mind body soul wellness and ola is hawaiian for life or to live ola um and i've got a a, a link there on my website where you can join the launch team so you can put your thoughts and ideas in and be a part of the hopefully some of the freebies we're giving away uh, as it comes out um that's a Probably the best way. Also, I have an Instagram account where I, I'm promoting things as they come along. So, and again, that's the same thing. The tag is uh, W H O L I S T I C Ola. Very good. Okay. So you can connect on Instagram or on your website. Yeah. All right. And then the other question I have for you is in, so our podcast is called the Fierce Identity Podcast, and it's about making a kingdom impact. And so in your opinion, what do you believe it means to make a kingdom impact? What does it mean? You know, I think I used to say, you know, some kind of godly reference <laughs> to doing great things for God. But I think the thing I've learned in this season is making a kingdom impact is getting in alignment with what God is doing. Um, and helping other people get into that alignment. So kingdom impact starts with us, us taking the time to actually get to know God and what he's doing in our life. And then I think from that, it just naturally is going to flow out into what we do. I say this because again, I'm a go-getter. My kingdom impact was like, I will reach all these people and start this group and you know, serve the poor. And I found that some of the greatest things that God has done in my life, I don't even realize he's doing it. And it has flown out of me spending time with him and investing in him and letting him like mold me in the hard places and like rip idols and, and all my desire to do things for him off of me. And he's actually worked in my weakness. And that's where his strength has been magnified. So to me, kingdom impact is about us letting God what he, do what he needs to do in us so that his strength can be magnified in our weakness. That is so beautiful. That is so wonderful. Um, and I think you're exactly right about like, sometimes we think it's like this big grand thing instead of just like connecting, finding that connection and figuring out, okay, what do I need to do right here? And so, you know, sometimes we even forget, like, even just with you serving your son and how right now, like your biggest role is, you know, being a wife to your husband and being a mom to your children. Like that is the biggest influence that you have right now. And so sometimes when we're out wanting to do all these things and grand things, and I know you're this way as well, where, you know, you're thinking of all the good that you want to do. And it's like, he stills you down, you know, to where you are focused on what is it that is right here? What's right in front of me? And, and what is the impact that I can make um, right here? So. Well, Anjali's, thank you for your time. Thank you for being on. I just know how much your story is impacting other people's lives. And so um, I hope that they will go follow you on Instagram. That's actually where we first, I don't know if you remember that, we first connected. You had your blog. <laughs> and I was like, I love this girl. I totally connected with so much. I felt like we were in alignment on a lot of things. And so, um, so go follow Anjali's on Instagram. And um, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Identity Podcast. I'd love for you to stop and do two things right now. First of all, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. 
Secondly, go to MoniqueScript.com to find all the ways that we can stay connected. I do one-on-one coaching, group coaching, or you can be part of our Elevate coaching community. Until next time, go and make a kingdom impact.